The liver is an unbelievably resilient gland. It is so remarkably resilient that it will bounce back from just about anything. What is happening? Here? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm Michelle Samaley, and today I'm going to do a deep dive on how important is the liver. You're, you might read this title and be like, oh man, like this isn't going to be a fun one might not be fun, but I promise there's going to be some sexy in there because you are going to need to protect this thing. And it could be what's preventing you from getting in peak contest shape. It could be what's preventing you from growing the most muscle that you possibly can in off season. Have your notepads ready. I promise you're going to want this one. I'll see you inside. All right. Just how important is the liver? Well, to um, put it uh, as directly as possible, it's about as important as anything could potentially be for a bodybuilder. It's going to uh, directly be involved in protein metabolism. It's going to directly be involved in fat burning. Um, and bodybuilding is kind of all about those two things, um, protein metabolism and, 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 and fat burning. Um, the liver is involved in detoxification of the entire body, um, which, you know, if there was like a third component of bodybuilding that is unbelievably important, I think detoxification would be up there. They're considering all of the reactive oxygen species that we encounter, that we um, um, essentially promote uh, within our body. Um, liver health, when you're on, if you're on any sort of oral psych, your liver health is going to be somewhat compromised. But one recurring theme I want you to keep in mind throughout the duration of this podcast the liver is an unbelievably resilient gland. It is so remarkably resilient that it will bounce back from just about anything. It takes an exorbitant amount of honestly, like prolonged abuse, a ton of abuse for the liver to stop bouncing back um, and, and, and stop being able to show its resilience. So while we always want to support the liver, and that's something that we're going to talk about today, this applies for natural athletes, this applies for enhanced athletes, this, this applies for people who are just simply lifestyle athletes who want to be as healthy as they possibly can be. But if you're running androgens, oral-based androgens, your liver is going to be somewhat compromised. It's kind of um, a nature of the beast, if you will, okay? At least for the duration of the cycle. Now, we want to offset this as much as possible, and again, in this podcast, I'm going to go over some of those items, but I want you to know, if you get blood work back and your ALT and AST are under 100, honestly, then we're kind of in a fine place because all you really have to do, it's it's a recurring theme of bodybuilding that whatever caused wherever you're at now, you just have to do the opposite to, to get it back down to a baseline, right? It's like... Well, if you become insulin resistant, well, you have to do the opposite, right? If you uh, beat your liver up and get enzymes up to 120, you need to pull off the orals and get it back down and support the liver um, and support its detoxification process and its overall health and well-being. Um, you know, whatever we do, we have to always undo if it's causing damage, right? The liver is involved in over 500 different processes in the body. I already mentioned fatty acid metabolism. So when you burn body fat, the liver has to cleave the long chain triglycerides into medium and short chain 
triglycerides. And that's what's going to allow for energy production to the mitochondria. The mitochondria is not very efficient at taking the long chain triglycerides, right? If there's a chain of like, you know, 24 carbon atoms, it's creating a triglyceride or something of the like. The mitochondria is not going to handle that super well. So before it can get oxidized by the mitochondria and used for energy, it's going to go through the liver. It's going to be broken down into shorter chains or maybe some medium chains. And then it's going to be processed into the mitochondria that's calling for it to, to uh, be used for energy. Carnitine obviously opens up this pathway and helps the liver a ton. Um, carnitine is essentially going to act as a direct messenger from the liver into a mitochondria that needs energy. Um, so anytime there's triglycerides floating around our bloodstream, there has to be a call to action. And there also has to be resources in play in order for that triglyceride chain to end up oxidized for fuel. Fat burning is a much more complex process for lack of better terminology than like glucose burning, right? Glucose is pretty simple to the point. Um, if we don't have enough carnitine, if that pathway is not open, can that triglyceride still be ended as oxidized fuel? Absolutely. It can be hundred percent. It can be. But carnitine is going to make that much more likely to end and, and for that to happen. One note about carnitine, you want to ingest carnitine when you have some carbohydrates in your body. As that insulin shuttling from the carbohydrates is going to allow the carnitine to go into the muscle cell um, where it's going to exhibit its effects. All right. So taking carnitine with like a pre-trained meal. I love using Amino Asylum Super Shredder. Um, majority of my athletes use it. Go to Amino Asylum, hit them up, use code Mahaley at checkout. They're absolutely phenomenal. Now I will say, when you inject carnitine, it's going to hurt a little bit, right? You're going to inject one milliliter of Super Shredder intramuscularly. It's going to hurt a little bit. Um, there's a bite to it. So what my girls do uh, some of my girls will go 0.5 milliliters of super shredder and then pull 0.5 milliliters of bacteriostatic water into the syringe, inject it, and just do that twice, see a one full ml super shredder. And that cuts down the bite. Notice I said my girls do that. My guys don't do that, all right? We just tough it out. So my best advice, toss it in there, rub the hell out of it afterwards for about 15, 20 seconds, rub it real hard. Make sure it's actually getting into the muscle. If the, the insulin syringe you're injecting with won't get deep enough, it's going to hurt pretty bad for a long period of time. So make sure it gets deep enough in the muscle and then really rub it and you'll be good to go. And man, when you see the effect, you take super shredder every day with your pre-trained meal or with a carb meal. And then, you know, you hit everything perfectly every day. You're going to see a big effect happen there. So amino asylum, use code Mahaley at checkout. To support you, boy. When orals come into play during prep, liver health drops and fat metabolism does too if the liver is not properly supported. This is a huge deal. When do orals commonly come into play? At the end of a contest prep. At the end of a contest prep, we're trying to get that last little bit, the stingy fat, to come off of our butt or come off of our lower abdominals or come off of our inner thighs. And if our liver isn't supported enough, then it's not going to be able to oxidize the fat that we want it to 
because it's focused on you know crushing these orals and protecting itself, and we're going to have a bunch of inflame, uh, inflammation build up and and reactive oxygen species build up. The liver controls how much glucose enters the bloodstream when we're consuming carbohydrates. So with good insulin sensitivity, that'll be skewed to end up in skeletal muscle rather than as adipose tissue. If we are insulin resistant, we're going to release a ton of insulin. All there, There's not going to be much oxidation of the energy that we're taking in. And the likelihood that even a carbohydrate ends up as fat is much higher than if we're just simply insulin sensitive. So stay lean. Assess your blood glucose postprandial, fasted. Do your cardio, do the sauna, you know, do what you need to do to handle your business, stay lean. Obviously, metformin and berberine lower the rate of which the liver puts glucose into the bloodstream, which is one of their main effects. And a byproduct of this is then the insulin sensitization of those two supplements. And honestly, I love running them together. I love running them together. The liver is involved in protein metabolism, but it's also involved in your CRP. So if we have elevated CRP, we want to support the liver. It is involved in your sex hormone binding globulin. And I can talk about that here in just a little bit. It's involved in lipo big A and lipo big B. Those are both heart health variables. They regulate serum protein concentrations. So good liver health is going to equate to favorable LDL and HDL. This doesn't guarantee that you have favorable LDL and HDL. This is a foundational principle of having good LDL and HDL. So if you get blood work back, your liver's off, your LDL and HDL's off, the LDL and HDL is not going to be corrected until your liver health is corrected, okay? Your liver detoxifies through bile acid. It produces about 600 milliliters daily. That's freaking insane. That's a lot. Metabolic byproducts end up in bile acids before being excreted in the intestinal tract. So if we have a liver that is struggling to detoxify, these metabolic byproducts that the bile acids are meant to force out through the intestinal tract are going to accumulate inside of the liver, just sitting there waiting to be excreted. They're not going to be able to. There's going to be buildup of oxidative stress that occurs at the site, which is in the liver, and that's going to beat the liver up a little bit. The liver is a very, very resilient gland. But we don't want to constantly just crutch on the liver being resilient. We want to be able to help this thing out, right? It's very common when you start running oral cycles that there's there's the bile acids are going to drop off. Or if we're insulin resistant or if we're too fat, the bile acids drop off. If we're not a high-functioning machine metabolically, then we're going to have liver issues. So how do we aid in liver health? The first line of defense is, of course, reducing the amount of toxins and the bile acids that are uh, reabsorbed in the enterohepatic recirculation by having some fiber with each meal. Um, if you ever see one of my diet plans, it, uh, I, I have a list of vegetables that I like for my athletes to eat. I always want vegetables to be cooked as well done as possible. It's like we don't need to burn them, but like close to it. <laughs> How much can we break down the lectins in the vegetable that are protecting them from outside invasion? And you're going to have this with a meal, even just 100 grams, it's enough fiber. 
to be able to help out the the uh, reabsorption uh, by the enterohepatic recirculation, and that's going to uh, reduce the amount of the toxins, and it's going to reduce the amount of bile acids that continually get reabsorbed. That's going to make the entire process work much more efficient. Fiber helps bind up the bile acids. It binds up the toxins in the intestinal tract, and this helps lubricate the stool. So if you're having like super hard stools and you don't have fiber with each meal, I would highly recommend just adding in a little bit of you know, cooked veggie, uh, maybe a little bit of psyllium husk, about f- you know, three, four, five grams. That should be enough. Um, if a fiber supplement that's going to be a high quality um, is going to help us out a lot here. If we need to utilize Tudka, which I would highly recommend in order to protect your liver if we're running high orals, the Tudka depends on how much PED you're running plus fiber intake. I would say about 500 milligrams of Tudka for a moderate cycle. I would say up to 1,500 milligrams Tudka for a heavier cycle. But we don't want to abuse this too much because if your stool turns into just liquid and we brought Tudka in, and, and, you know, that's what caused the, the, the change in the stool frequent, um, volume. We want to pull the tugga down to 500 milligrams until the stools uh, regulate. So it just means that we probably overshot with the tugga. Super easy to fix. Calcium deglucurate, 500 to 1,000 milligrams daily. Again, 500 for a moderate cycle, 1,000 for a heavier, heavier cycle. This is going to help with phytoestrogen metabolism from the body, but also it's going to lower the androgen burden in the body, so it will limit the stress on the liver as it's going to prevent the reabsorption of metabolites, of things like PEDs, of medicines. So if you're on a heavy antibiotic um, run for you know sickness or anything that's happened anytime, calcium deglucurate at 1,000 milligrams daily during that is going to help you a ton. You ever notice on antibiotics? your gut health just gets all over the place. It's all over the place, right? It's because it's completely shifting our microbiota. It's draining out good and bad bacteria. It's both like killing it off. So after we run these antibiotics, we need to repopulate here. I like repopulating using things like organic kimchi and sauerkraut um, the, uh, new ethics has a really good product. Um, there's a gut defender. That's really fantastic. They have a phenomenal probiotic. You can also use my code Mahaley at new ethics. Um, but we want to make sure that we're constantly allowing the digestional tract, which is something that the liver has a direct interaction with. Cause if one or the other gets backed up, then the other gets backed up as well. So we, we need them to both, you know, be on the same frequency of health and, and operations. Glutathione, to be honest, as high as humanly possible. Um, if you, if you were able to do like 2000 milligrams of N-acetylcysteine, um, which ends up in the body as it supports glutathione levels in the body, ends up as glutathione in the body, and you were able to do a 200 milligrams uh, injection of glutathione daily, that's going to heavily support your liver. Vitamin C, vitamin E, they're antioxidants. So it's going to pull down the oxidative stress, help clear free radicals. Any antioxidant is going to pull down oxidative stress. So we should always be using them. Um, I've talked about melatonin for the brain forever. I've talked about NAC 
for overall well-being forever. Glutathione is the king of antioxidants. It's not possible to take too much glutathione. Vitamin C is phenomenal. Like, why not just take some every day? Vitamin E is phenomenal. Um, so using those and then using gl the glutathione, vitamin C, vitamin E sufficiency is going to aid in preventing uh, hepatocytes destruction, which is apoptosis, uh, alongside Tudka. What is apoptosis? It's the destruction of hepatocytes when it destructs the cell, the contents end up in the bloodstream as liver enzymes. So the ALT and the AST go into the liver or go into the bloodstream from the liver. And this is extremely toxic. The higher your oral steroids are, the harder that liver is working. The harder the liver is working, the more weaknesses there are in the resilience of the liver, right? The more weaknesses there are in the resilience of the liver, the more chance of apoptosis occurring is what happens. So the destruction of hepatocytes, it destructs the cells on the outside of the liver and what, what protects the liver, and that allows the bleeding of the enzymes into the bloodstream. It's extremely toxic. Oral glutathione can be taken, but we don't really know what the exact of, uh, bioavailability is. If your skin complexion gets more pale, uh, then it's you know safe to say that the glutathione's working. It's it's safe to say it's doing its job. Now we don't want you to be like all the, like ghostly white, but we would like for it to be a little bit pale. I think that's a perfectly fine place to be. <clears throat> I prefer to inject the glutathione and just use NAC oral since we don't know the exact bioavailability of the glutathione we have a supplement called sam e it's s-a-m and then little e if i tried to pronounce it you guys want me to try to pronounce it adenosylamethionone all right it's like 20 letters long it's s-a-m little e if you look that up it'll pop up 400 milligrams to 800 milligrams daily alongside the NAC and the glutathione it increases the liver glutathione stores tremendously, which is going to further protect against reactive oxygen species free radicals. When you take the SAMe supplement and you combine that with N-acetylcysteine, you combine it with glutathione, the SAMe is going to promote if it's needed. So like I have your oral cycle after run of antibiotics. Um, and someone who might have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or even alcoholic fatty liver disease, alcoholic induced fatty liver disease, this would help drive the glutathione source in the liver higher, which means we have greater, um, help against oxidative stress. Phosphatidylcholine, 1,440 milligrams daily has pretty strong evidence that it protects against non-alcoholic liver disease as well. So again, this is something that I'll bring in if an oral cycle is really, really high. Or if I have someone come to me and they send me labs and, you know, I, I've had labs where the ASC and ALT were in the 200s. So an extreme case like that, then I'm going to, you know, throw the choline in there as long as, as well as the SAMe. I had a mentee uh, the other day send me this, Females labs who's uh, coming off oral birth control. Um, 
I think we're about two or three months off of the oral birth control. I can't remember off the top of my head. So she's coming off the oral BC. And she got these bloods done, and the the, the liver enzymes just didn't make any sense because the AST was over 100. The ALT was like under 40 or maybe right around 40. And I was like, man, you know, we're so far past the, the, the oral birth control at this point that I think we need to like kind of bring these big guns in. So if there's something you're seeing that just doesn't quite make sense, let's support the liver with more rather than just hoping that a little bit, um, which, you know, he was already doing a good job with her. The protocol looked great. I just think we need, we, that, that's, that was the issue. The protocol looked great, but the end result wasn't. Assuming client adherence is good, which, you know, he said this client had a little bit of off the plan stuff going on, um, but nothing that seemed it was going to cause ASC to be over a hundred. So I told him, Hey, you know, let's bring these things in and let's really get this thing down. Let's really support that liver because I mean, she was on oral birth control for a long freaking time. Um, you know, which there's obviously still some sort of liver stress that is present from that. As always, the micronutrient surplus is ideal for liver health. Um, waking up in the morning, having a scoop of new ethics, gourmet greens is absolutely fantastic. Some other things that can really help here. 5,000. I use a vitamin D three, 400. I use vitamin E 2000 milligrams, of vitamin C 25 milligrams of zinc, 1000 milligrams, citrus bergamot, 500 milligrams, berberine. This is going to be extremely beneficial for your liver health. If things are off. In terms of what androgens. I have seen have like the most effect on liver blood work at the top. I would put halo testing um, by far. Number one, I would say super troll. Um, and honestly, like next to super troll, I would go like slash pro hormones. Um, like any of the pro hormones are absolutely terrible for your liver function. Um, worse than what I've seen anecdotally worse than Anadrol, like worse than Diana ball. And that's really saying something worse than DHB. And that's really saying something because those are all pretty liver toxic as well. So protect your liver, respect your liver, make sure in a natural prep and enhanced prep, it's taken care of your protein metabolism, your fat oxidation. These things are going to be far greater as always. I hope this podcast helps. I'll see you guys soon.